Welcome to the Deconstructed Woman Podcast, a podcast about breaking down barriers between women, exploring and sharing perspectives of each individual woman's experience, and discovering what we have in common and what makes us different. Hosted by Elisa Marie and Joji. Welcome back to the Deconstructed Woman Podcast. This week, Joji and I sat down and where she had come across an article on the new movie Elemental by Disney and Pixar, and it struck a chord for a number of reasons. Um, I had recently watched it with my kids, and really, I think that what I'd like to do is kind of go over, you know, the premise of the movie without ruining it for any of you out there who are want to see it. It is streaming live now on Disney+. Plus. Uh, but I, I think that it had um, it had a lot of elements that I think strike a chord for both of us. And so I wanted to sit down and kind of have a discussion. So for those of you who maybe haven't seen the movie, it's about a girl named Ember, who is a fire element. And her parents have immigrated, um, for lack of a better term, uh, from the fire island to Element City. And so they're adjusting to you know, the new environment where there's all the different elements, not just fire, but fire, water, air, and earth. And she works her way up to taking over the store uh, that her father had built from the ground up when they immigrated. And so I think that this has a lot of ties to families who have immigrated, but also talks to the point of, you know, as children, we typically have you know, our parents have goals that they have for us. They have aspirations and dreams and they want to, you know, ensure that we can get to those things. And I think a lot of times we try to live up to them, but we also, you know, may find our own path. And so that really is sort of the soul searching adventure that Amber goes on as she's trying to figure out what does she want in life to follow in the footsteps of her parents or branch out and do something different. And so I, again, won't spoil the movie for you, but I think that, again, it has a lot of elements that kind of speak to, for those of us who have grown up, um, whether your parents have immigrated here or not, I think that there's just a lot of elements of of that that speak to us. So Joji, I know that you said that this spoke to you in some ways, and so kind of hand it over to you for a moment just to kind of jump in and I know that you had recently read the article that kind of sparked this conversation as well. Thanks, Alyssa. Uh, the the commentary by uh, Tracy Brown from the Los Angeles Times was in the Chicago Tribune the weekend of July 23rd, 2023. And when I read the article, the caption got my attention, which was elemental reminder to thank our parents. And as an immigrant first generation to the U.S., I, I think that a lot of immigrant families go through this kind of a scenario where, you know, parents sacrifice a lot to come to um, a new country. And then there are expectations for what they hope that their children will accomplish because of the sacrifices they've made to leave their country of origin or a comfortable lifestyle for something different. And I think as personally for me, being bicultural, then you're torn between the, the dreams and hopes of your family and where you came from 
but also then sort of the American dream for me, which is living to your own potential and finding your dream and pursuing it. And so, and at the same time now in my 50s, as I've raised my daughter and I can see the full cycle of what has happened in my family, I'm also deeply grateful for my parents and the sacrifices they did make, regardless of if I was living up to their dreams or not, because ultimately I think we got to a place where they were happy with the choices I made, though it may not have been their original dream for me. So I feel like we went through that and we got to the other side. And that, I think, enriched the way that I raised my daughter and trying not to push my agenda, but at the same time, giving her the guidance to be able to make smart decisions based on the sacrifices that any parent makes for their child, like you said, Alyssa, whether you're an immigrant or not. So I know that you have a personal story about your family and, and how this relates to, to your life. Uh, do you want to share a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I'm also first generation um, here. My father immigrated and what he essentially did is he built a, a restaurant from the ground up as well. And it was something that I grew up in. I grew up uh, working there as a small child, worked there all through high school. Every time I came home for college, I'd work at the restaurant. And it's, I mean, it's been really part of our family. I mean, it's, you know, the employees that he's had, some have been there for 40 plus years. And so it really just feels like it's part of our family culture. And um, my father is getting to the point where he would like to retire. And so uh, I think what we were talking about it before, you know, I said, I said, one of the saddest things is that I am seven and a half hours away from my family. And so I'm not able to take over the restaurant, even though I'm not in the restaurant business. Um, my husband being a chef, though, probably could have taken it over, maybe evolved it, something to that nature. But because we're not there, you know, essentially, this is something that when my father decides to retire, it may not continue. That, that kind of legacy that he has developed, I mean, people know him nationwide. It's become really kind of a a staple in the city that he lives in, but it's going to kind of, you know, dissipate. And, and to me, that was very hard, but it also wasn't my dream to take over the business at any time. Um, I, I went in a very different direction and, you know, pursued my dreams and what I wanted to do. And my parents are, you know, they told me they're very proud of what I'm doing. But I think now that my father is getting closer and closer to that retirement age, I'm thinking, oh, I wish like I wish somebody could step in and take over and really kindle and continue that business because it was such a significant part of my childhood and and for so many other people as well. Um, and so, again, I think that's kind of that same dynamic of we, you know, we try to figure out what's going to be best for us. But those traditions and those family things that happen for us. I mean, it really is hard to let go of them because it has become such an ingrained part of your family culture and who you see yourself and what you kind of always envisioned that it would always be there. And then at some point it may not be. Um, so that's my family story. But I think that that's probably why the movie resonated so much with me, too, was just that concept um, kind of carrying through and 
I think the name of the article that you cited, you know, you were saying like showing thank thanks to your parents. And it's like, how, how do you do that when, you know, you've kind of chosen a different path um, and you hope that they're proud of you, but also probably there was some hope that somebody, you know, within the family was going to continue that legacy as well. Right. And that's a, di- a little bit of a difference between your story and my story, because in my family, they were not, there was nothing I had to take over from them. It was really about fulfilling the promise of success. And that success was how they defined that. Whereas in your family, there is really a legacy of a family business that to continue that would be in many ways, your father's legacy. And so I think that's where the the struggle is for you, I can imagine. But I do think that the question you ask is really poignant in the sense of, can you choose your own path and not disappoint them if you don't choose to do what they thought would be the ideal situation? And that's a really, it's an emotional question and it's also extremely difficult to answer um, being involved in it as we both are in our different ways. What do you think, Alyssa? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just really, it comes down to the question of, you know, if your path is different than what the expectations for you. I mean, I can think of like so many instances where, uh, not necessarily for myself, because I think I, from a very early age, knew exactly what I wanted to do. And my parents always encouraged me and never once said like, no, you know, maybe you want a different path. Like, it was like, this is, this is what I want to do. And they're like, okay, great. But I can think of a lot of my friends and family and other people who, you know, um, even from very young ages, so like child athletes, for example, where, you know, they're pursuing like they're they're trying to hone in on their skills and pursue something because that's, you know, will make their parents proud if they go to this particular college or they do this particular thing. Um, But then, you know, they just kind of veer off and it's like, you know, everybody's kind of surprised, like, oh, that person did that instead of what we thought they would do. Like, you know, those, um, they vote you in, uh, in high school, like in your yearbook, like most likely to go on to whatever, uh, you know, and so you kind of, people have this projected trajectory for you. And then sometimes you do kind of fall into that. And sometimes you, you don't, you go in a completely different direction. I think that it's a matter of soul searching of like, am I doing what truly makes me happy or am I just following, you know, the path that was laid out for me that now I'm just going to kind of go through the motions because that was the expectation for me. Again, I think for me personally, I pursued exactly what I wanted to do. But, you know, again, moving away from my family, um, you know, it, it was not something like, I mean, everybody was questioning me, like, why are you, you know, not staying close to the family and, and being in the same city? And I was like, because I have to pursue my own dreams. And I know that this is going to create for me opportunities that I couldn't have here, or probably wouldn't have here. And so I think that sometimes, you know, we do have to make decisions that take us kind of a little bit off the beaten path. Um, but really trying to make sure that that, um, that, you know, that matters to us at the end of the day. Right. And I think that, you know, our parents at some point as we go to college and we're pursuing a professional career, 
I think our parents give us that leeway because we're doing everything we're supposed to do. I think at some point, though, they think that maybe we're going to join them in on their path, you know, and maybe once we get to a certain point, maybe we'll realize that we should follow their recommendations because they know what's best for us. And I think that's somewhat challenging, too, because I think once you start, like my parents didn't understand the way college work, right? So you declare a major and then you take more and more classes in the same major. I think at some point my parents thought, well, maybe I'm going to come back to something that they wanted from me. And so I do wonder for you, do you think, Alyssa, that your parents thought, well, maybe there was a way for you to do both things, to pursue your professional goals, as well as maybe in the future, um, take over the family business? Do you think that they thought maybe there was a way for you to do both? I think when, so I lived uh, in the same city as my parents for about five, a little under five years. Um, And again, it was never discussion that was ever talked about. Um, It was never kind of, you know, something that I was like, oh, yeah, you know, this is part of the plan, like the long term plan. But, you know, if we if we had stayed there, I think that maybe that would have been part of the discussion. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, because obviously that would have been my husband's decision because my career was uh, in a very different field and not related. But I mean, I think that we've also talked about like someday opening up a cafe and, you know, like just kind of leaving leaving things, uh, both of us, you know, leaving our careers and, and kind of just having a mom and pop like coffee shop, like that would be my ideal dream. And so, you know, it could have morphed into that. But again, it was never it was never um, put upon me to feel that kind of pressure, though, again, as as we're kind of moving towards you know, my dad has uh, he so I, like I said, he had a franchise, so he had m- multiple restaurants um, and has now gone down to one. Um, and so there's just one freestanding one now. And it's like, goodness, like, again, when that goes, it, it's done. The the legacy is done. Um, and I think that sits it. It sits. It's very unsettling for me. But at the same time. It's not something that I'm like, oh, I'm just going to up and, you know, uh, send my whole family over there and like revive it. Like it it just feels like that's kind of that's a trajectory for for that particular business and that restaurant. But it was interesting because I actually a couple months ago had looked up and I mean, that's it's I think in some ways that's part of life Um, because I looked up like I don't remember what prompted me to do it, but restaurants that have gone out of business so we think about like all the restaurants you know some of our childhood that are no longer in business and I think that that's something that happens it just you know it's not something that anybody necessarily plans to but things do change things go out of business and so I think that brought me some comfort just knowing that like you know what this is just the end of this legacy but um, at the same time maybe it's making room for the next best thing. So I think in some ways it wasn't put on me to necessarily take over, but at the same time, I've made peace with it as well. I do remember as you're talking, one of the things that Dan and I have talked about is that, you know, he worked for Motorola during the heyday of their company and Motorola had a lot of success. And at some point in Dan's tenure there, Motorola's owner, sort of passed the baton on to his son. 
and his son is a business type of person. So the father was an engineer and the son is a business person. And one of the things that Dan had said to me is that the son really didn't understand the business of engineering. He might have known engineering, excuse me, he may have known business, but he didn't understand how to navigate engineering and sort of how, I guess, it's, if it's in your like bones as a person, you have innovation at a, at a level where you can foresee where the business might be going, where the technology might be going. And what the father brought to the table was that foresight about technology and maybe predicting where a futurist mentality is for a particular kind of product. Whereas the son did not have that. The son might have approached it purely from a business standpoint, but from an engineering standpoint, they were not able to compete with the other companies that were hungry and were really pivoting to different places. And, you know, so I also think about family businesses and how sometimes as much as you see what you are saying about how businesses can go out of business at times, there are also businesses that have a very strong part of our history, but that also declined because there was a significant change that happened that could not sustain the energy of that business. So I do feel like thinking about that allows me to consider, you know, for you that maybe in 10 years from now, when things have settled down and whether, you know, the business continues or it's sold to another group of people or whatever, you know, Right now, there's such a time of tra- it's such a time of transition that it creates a lot of unrest for all the parties involved. And in a, in several years from now, when things settle down, you may see a completely different experience with that. And so it's heightened right now because you're sort of you know drawing to that time where some decisions have to be made, and that's what's creating that stress or tension. But once those decisions have been resolved, then I think things will sell down again. Do you think that that's sort of the natural path it's going to take, do you suspect? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think that it's definitely, you know, it's always hard, like I said before, to let go of like a family culture or, you know, something that has been so deeply ingrained in like my, you know, what I imagine like my family identity is. And everybody knows like that's my dad's restaurant. And, you know, again, it's it's one of those things. But I think that it's also an opportunity for, you know, uh, the next the next phase of my dad's life and the next phase for my parents and, and what that looks like for them. So, I mean, I think that it's just, you know, it's one of those things, again, kind of going back to the article and, and the concept of like, you know, trying to fulfill the roles and the the identity that your parents developed for you but also being true to yourself and and wanting to show thanks for you know the guidance that they provide you even though you know it's not necessarily disrespect to not follow in their the path that they set for you it it is at times more a reflection of you know maybe they ingrained in you very strong characteristics or strong qualities like hard work and determination and independence. And I think that, you know, those, I would hope that, you know, as much as I will have dreams and aspirations for my children, that I will recognize that 
if they do their own thing and they follow their own path, that in some ways that's what I wanted them to do. I, you know, I wanted to encourage them to do what makes them happy. Like at the end of the day, that's all I want for them is that they will be happy even if they're doing something that, you know, maybe doesn't bring in very much money or maybe, you know, seems kind of frivolous. Like that's fine. Whatever they want to do, as long as they're happy, I'm happy for them. And I think that that will be hard. Uh, but at the same time, it's also something that I think most parents want. And I, I know I quoted it like uh, when we were talking, I quoted the end of the movie, which I won't do here in case somebody wants to go and see it. But there's a particular quote in the movie that like I just I lost it <laughs> because it was just like, oh, that's so like it was it was a moment between the father and the daughter. And and it was just like, oh, my gosh, like I I feel that. Um, but it is, you know, it is about letting letting your children do what they want to do and, and pursue what they, you know, what they decide they want for themselves. But at the end of the day, I think most of us just want the our children or, you know, those in our family that we care about to just be happy. And I think that's where most parents and families get to is that the greatest joy I think parents have is when they see that their children are truly happy and that they have accepted the choices that they've made. And I think that's the struggle I think my parents had for me in particular, and I can only speak about myself, is that I think they wanted me to not limit myself. And I did actually initially, the choices that I made, you know, was to get a graduate degree and not earn a lot of money. And I think for them being somebody, you know, being a family that came from um, humble beginnings to couldn't wrap their heads around, well, why would you go and get a master's degree if you're not going to make as much money as we make now? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You're investing more in your education, but yet it's not going to yield you enough money to live independently or whatever. And I think that was something they they just couldn't wrap their head around. And now that I'm a parent, I completely see where they came from. You know, I mean, I I did not hear them at that time because I didn't think they understood that this is what my passion was. And I couldn't think of doing anything else. And I didn't know how to do anything else. And so there was this this feeling of how do I help them understand that? Um, and ultimately, I think what ended up happening is that I became very successful in my field. And so therefore, they were able to see the promotions and they were able to see the growth that I was able to do and exceed the expectations of myself as well. And then they realized that, oh, you can be successful. And we didn't realize that all these things were possible. And so I do think that we got to a good place, but I completely can relate to my parents and a parent's desire for their kids because I think you're ultimately thinking about, well, what happens after we're gone? You know, once we leave this earth, will our children be independent? Will they be able to take care of themselves? And I also empathize with your parents, Alyssa, because they've got this like, this legacy, which, you know, you could just step right in and you could take it over and you've got 40, 50 years of history behind it and success that on one hand is just such a natural thing to do. And they've given you this beautiful gift. And um, I think that's what our parents look at and say, well, why wouldn't this, you know, if this is such an easy way to go, look, I've built this for you, just step in and take over it. And I think that's the rub for us kids is that we want to get our own path and we want to develop our own selves. And 
and we want to take the risks and have those risks pay off. And I think ultimately when we get there and we're all happy, I think our parents are really happy for us. But I do think that sometimes our parents misinterpret that when we are choosing our own path, whether you're successful or unsuccessful or going through some bumpy roads, that we're not grateful for everything they've done for our benefit. And I think that's the hardest part because I never wanted my parents to think that I wasn't grateful. Though I think as I was pushing for my own goals, I probably came across as being very ungrateful because basically I told them they didn't know who I was and I needed to make my own path and they didn't understand me. And, and, and so, of course, now as an adult, as a parent, I can hear how in their minds that would have translated to, you don't respect me, you don't understand where I'm coming from and all the sacrifices I made. But I really did. But not if that only way I could prove that to them was to do exactly what they wanted. So I think that's the challenge. And now, since I've lost my parents and, you know, thankfully, before both my parents passed, I, we were able to have conversations because I had spent, you know, 20, 25 years in my career and they were able to see me be successful and my, you know, me being able to thank them for everything they did for me and to allow me to grow in the way that I needed to grow and that acknowledging that that's not what they had wanted for me, but yet they were able to let me find myself in the way I needed to. And so I am very grateful. And I suspect, Alyssa, that you still have that path to walk. And there are some hard days, but that there are some beautiful days as well. And so I sort of wish you luck with that. Um, but I just feel like your parents are a lot more accepting of where you uh, were going and where you are today. And they're very proud of you and everything you've accomplished. And so it sounds like it'll be a little bit easier than I think some of the struggles I went through, but um, but it'll still be some, I'm sure, some settling down and some of those transitions that can be uncomfortable for all parties involved, for sure. Oh, yeah. I think that it's definitely going to be, um, you know, some conversations in the future, but I, I definitely would agree. I think that they were very accepting and very much were, you know, the encouragement was for me to do do what you know what I wanted to do and like I said I, from a very young age I knew like this is what I'm going to do and then I just followed that path and and there really wasn't uh, much discussion about it but um, I, I think that that you know that really I hope that people can relate to this conversation not necessarily for um, you know what some of our own experiences but just like the concept of being able to follow your own path and you know, that might look very different for a lot of different people, whether it was, you know, we're talking um, about careers, but I think this also can translate to, you know, who you pick for a partner, or how the, the, you know, how you live your life in different ways. We talked about, you know, some of the differences in intergenerational, like when we did gift giving and heirlooms and what that looked like. And so I think that a lot of times it can look very different. Um, through the different generations, but it also has uh, a lot of impact on, you know, each generation and, and how they perceive things like you were saying, but also, you know, how that looks. And and so I think that our, we each kind of follow our own path, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're creating our own reality of what we want our life to look like. And I think that that can be, it can either you know, coincide with what your family and friends had intended for you or 
be in complete conflict with that. But I think that hopefully, you know, for each of you listening to us, that you are pursuing what what speaks to you within your heart. And, and you know, I think that that hopefully will fulfill those needs and help you there. So I'm uh, I think that's all I have to say, but I'll hand it over to you, Joji, and, and we'll probably end this and, and kind of go from there. Yep. So thank you all for listening uh, to another episode that has been extremely I think moving for Alyssa and I, and this topic was one that really grabbed um, at our heartstrings in terms of our gratitude towards our parents and everything that they have done to shape us and our lives. And so please drop us a comment. Um, I I know that there are people out there who are going to relate to this, and we'd love to hear from you in terms of your stories and your relationships and the choices that you've made. And um, you know, feel free to drop us an email at the deconstructed woman at gmail.com or through the platform um, where this podcast is being promoted. And uh, we just want to hear from you. And we're always anxious to see how much you relate to the topics that we speak to. So until next time, this is Joji and Alyssa signing off. Thank you for listening to our podcast the deconstructed woman. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends, rate this episode, or subscribe to be notified of all new content. We want to hear from you, our listener. Do you have thoughts on the discussions we're having? Want to share topic suggestions? Or want to join us for a topic that you're passionate about? Contact us at our email address, thedeconstructedwoman at gmail.com.